0: Psalm 23, Psalm 23. Most of you have that memorized, therefore you might not would need to turn there. However, uh, sometimes when uh, I think I have something memorized well and I'm called in to recite it or something, what I'm done is I've overchallenged myself and I therefore need the writing in front of me. I'm going to do something that I don't normally do this morning, but I want you to uh, join right in with me, okay, either reading from your Bible or from the PowerPoint slides. We're going to read Psalm 23 together, okay? We'll read it together. Uh, don't follow me as I read it, but uh, be a part of that as we read together. There's one little phrase in that entire six verses that I'm going to focus on today, and I'll go ahead and remind you. That little phrase is in verse 3, and. It is the first four words of verse 3 when it said, He restoreth my soul. So let's read the text together uh, in its entirety, okay? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Now as you look at that text this morning, and again focus on that short phrase that I want to focus on for the next few minutes, I believe uh, that uh, you will be blessed as well as I am to see what the desire there is of the Lord for each of us. Now, yes, we probably have memorized uh, that uh, chapter uh, at some point in our life. Matter of factly, uh, as we have memorized that, we probably are fleshing out or living out a portion of that uh, in our lifetime every day. Well, as I have uh, combed through that uh, chapter through the days of this week, beginning as early as Tuesday, as I begin meditating on that, also digging a little bit deeper into that, I, I begin to just see myself as well as yourself, and uh, actually beginning to see the body of Christ in that particular chapter. Now, even in the New Testament, when the Lord Jesus would give us a picture of we, uh, the believers, uh, and he would give us an analogy or a comparison many times. uh, He would be looking, uh, looking at us as sheep and looking at himself as the shepherd. John chapter 10 particularly. He said he knows his own sheep by name. So if you think for a moment, That what we find here, uh, being written by the man of God to the people of God, what we discover is uh, that even Jesus would build upon that himself. Well, the first thing I want us to look at in this text now is uh, what I call the desire of the soul, okay? Uh, Remind yourself with me, he restoreth my soul. During this week, I got a particular phone call from an individual and as uh, he called, uh, you've readily discerned it was a a man, Uh, he called and he was sharing with me a particular verse he read uh, in another psalm, and oh, that always excites me. When someone wants to share with me something that they have been read, or maybe something that they have been fed throughout that morning scripturally, and as he shared that, I. I moved to tell him, I said, yes, sir, and I've been looking at a passage in the psalm myself, uh, and that is this one that I read to you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I begin to, again, focus on that greatly, and I see in that what I call the desire of the soul. It could be seen by some as a plea. It could be seen by others from the pinpoint or standpoint of relationship. It could likewise uh, be inferred there uh, to the, not just relationship, but to the fellowship which is ongoing in each of our lives. As I read uh, this, and I looked into Albert Barnes' notes on the Bible, he said it causes my life to return. That's how some would translate that. Uh, Another said he quickens me or causes me to live the word for soul here means life or spirit, not the soul in the strict sense in which the term is now used. It refers to the spirit when exhausted, weary, sad, and the meaning is that God quickens or, vi- or verifies the spirit when thus exhausted. The reference is not to the soul as wandering or backsliding from God, but to the, the life where spirit as exhausted, weary, troubled, anxious, worn down with care and tall, the heart thus exhausted, he reanimates, he brings back its vigor, he encourages it, excites it to new effort and fills it with new joy. I see in that what I want to call this morning for a brief second or two as the design of the soul. Have you ever asked yourself questions like, "What was I created for?" We know the whom of who created us, but the why sometimes uh, might uh, flee from our particular spirit or from our grips. So the desire of the soul, I think, we can find from David, the author here of the chapter, the desire of the soul would be to have it restored, have it. Uh, renewed, have it uh, lifted again uh, uh, from the place that maybe we've lost uh, the cutting edge. To many there, the desire of the soul has not been possibly fulfilled. Dreams, visions, energy, hope, rest, all of these words might help you to see that our position in Christ, now remind us uh, here that uh, position uh, means relationship, But also, our fellowship on an ongoing basis uh, there uh, would speak to us. A couple of verses, real quickly, about the desire of the soul. Psalm 63 1, a psalm of David, there again. Uh, David uh, said in the wilderness, O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Also, Psalm 84 and 2, my soul longeth, yea, even fainteth, uh, for the courts of the Lord, my heart and my flesh, crieth out for the living God, the desire of the soul. If you've ever been in that relationship with the Lord Jesus and your fellowship uh, was so real and personal at that given moment, Uh, And you were the closest you would consider you have ever been to the Lord, or with the Lord. And if you have backslidden, or if you have got weary in the work, notice I said not weary of the work, but weary in the work, uh, you would always, uh, I think, have the desire to be back where you were. Well, the desire of the soul. Second thing as I meditated through this chapter is, not just the desire of the soul, but look at the disillusion of the soul. Job would say in chapter 10 verse 1, My soul is weary of my life. I will leave my complaint upon myself. I will speak in the bitterness of my soul. Is it not amazing? how quickly we can move uh, from the desire of the soul or the design of the soul, and real quickly we can be at a place where Job was uh, when he could say, my soul is weary of life. Not that you might be uh, in despair and to the degree that Job was, uh, but I meet people quite commonly who would say, I'm not where I used to be people who would be active uh, in the Lord's work. And notice, I was very careful not to say active in the church. Why? Because many people could gauge their church attendance uh, as uh, a measure there uh, as to whether they are spiritual or not. But friend, let me say to you, Church, it might be something you consider you come to, but the reality is we're living our lives more in the world, as Brother Clint described this morning. As we go, what we would like to think is that our spirits would be energized and restored like the psalmist says here. Isaiah 1 and 14, your new moons and your appointed feasts, my soul hateth they are trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. Notice the statement that is made there in verse fourteen is the Lord is giving us a picture there of some of the religious activity of the people of that day. Again, talking about some feast. Uh, talking about their traditions uh, that were uh, surrounded by the uh, moons, etc., and he said, you know, I'm weary of all of that. Is it amazing to you that when we get get, uh, in our spirit, when we are facing disillusion, what happens there is that our weariness begins to come out in other ways there, And it's not just simply for people to see, uh, but yet and still others uh, can be challenged also by the fact that the Lord would restore our soul. Jeremiah, it's not a text that I put on a slide. But Jeremiah said in chapter 31 verse 25, For I have satiated the weary soul, and I have replenished every sorrowful soul, the Lord speaking there. I don't know whether you've ever been here or not, and I'm not talking about literally, okay? Most of you have been in this worship, or place of worship before. Many of you might be sat on the same, before, matter of fact, you might have it so uh, numbered that your uh, particular seat, right, it just fits you well. Let me say, he's not talking about where we are literally; he's talking about where we are spiritually. And I have to confess to you that yes, I've been to the place in which I uh, have been in the place here where Job was. My soul is weary. Uh, of, li- of my life, not necessarily of not wanting to live, but yet and still spiritually, not being uh, there where I knew that I might need to be in my spiritual walk. Therefore, he said, I have to speak once in a while in the bitterness or through the bitterness of, of the soul. Thirdly, I want you to follow with me now, uh, to the disenchantment of the soul, okay? Numbers 11, 4 to 6. And uh, you can find that that was going on in the days there of Moses and Joshua. And it said, Now the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lusting. And the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? We remember the fish, which we did eat in Egypt freely, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, the garlic but now our soul is dried away. There is nothing at all besides this manna before our eyes." Have you noticed how quickly we can become unthankful for that which God has provided? Friend, you remember as they walked through the Red Sea on dry ground, they would come to a rock and they're uh, they're arguing and they're complaining because the, there's not a water supply. But then God will provide it from a rock. Well, the next thing we complain about is we don't have any meat and bread and God will provide that freely. Now when they said we had this freely in Egypt, what they forgot to remind you and I of is they were slaves to the Egyptians. They were wearing their knuckles bare by working. Their feet probably had lost its skin by working there in the pits. And now they're already thinking about, uh, we would rather be back where we were. The soul gets so disenchanted. I think sometimes about the things that we go through or the things that that many, uh, it would grab our attentions uh, over the last year and a half, you know. And people, when they talk about uh, uh, COVID and we think about what others are going through, but then if we're not real careful, we begin to complain about what we might be going through as if we have uh, given something. Friend, what you and I might be giving up in the name of luxury, somebody else has given their life through the process. I don't know about you, but that will rattle your soul right there. Why? Because it's easy. It is easy for us to remind the Lord what we don't have right now. And yet and still, uh, the Lord could remind us of someone who doesn't uh, enjoy what you do as well today. What am I seeing? The desire of the soul. Yes, the desire of the soul there. Lord, will you not, uh, I think he said in Psalm 51, revive us, that our soul may rejoice in thee. The desire of the soul. The disillusion of the soul. My soul is weary. The disenchantment of the soul. We remember the fish and the cucumbers and the melons, but now our soul is dried up. Nothing beside this manna, except this manna, before our eyes. Now how many of you would love not to have to go to the grocery store? Uh, How many of you would like to just walk outside and gather all the bread you needed and uh, just reach up and gather all the meat that God had provided? Now, I know some of you love to go to Kroger, and you love to go to Walmart, and you love to go to these places, but yet and still, hey, God, let's remember as our provider. How is the Lord going to restore our soul? Would you, let me give you three real quick things there. First of all, the restoration of the soul and the Word of God. The Word of God, the biblical illustrator, again, a source from which I follow there in as, as far as a commentary goes, said, This implies the quickening and invigoration of the soul in seasons of exhaustion, sometimes depression. A sheep may languish from internal weakness uh, and disorder, and may need the application of medicinal restorations. So the soul may suffer from its inerrant liabilities to weakness and weariness and mistrust of God and to its inability to rest calmly and in good faith upon the precious promises of the word. He said, at such times who has hitherto sustained us will act as a wise and good physician and restore us to health. and vigor. What's he going to use? First of all, I'm reminded of the restoration of the soul and the Word of God, okay? Yes, Psalm 119. I would give you six or seven real quick references. Psalm 119.7 says, or yes, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. He says in 119, one, uh, 16, I'm sorry, I delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Deal bountifully with thy servant that I may live and keep thy word. Psalm 119, 50, this is my comfort and my affliction for thy word hath quickened me. And you could go on and on through that entire chapter and what you will find there is God uses his word that He may restore our soul. Yes. Have you been in a place lately where maybe the spiritual uh, health of yourself uh, you have longed for? You're not out uh, backslidden. You haven't intentionally uh, did anything that would uh, cause you to lose the joy of your salvation, but yet and still it seems as if there may be something missing there, you know. Sometimes, I'm likening to the book there, where there was the prophet, if you remember, when he lost the axe head, and you know he 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 told he he told his superior, "I've lost the axe. and he said, "Where did you lose it?" You remember the axe head would swim. Once the limb was thrown there, a couple of things we could learn. First of all, there's the Word of God that would restore us. Secondly, restoration of the soul and the people of God. The very thing that God could use in a great way will be sometimes the first things that we will neglect in our lives that would enhance our spiritual being again. Could God give you many names? We've been studying on Wednesday nights, the power of one. Some of these names we have looked at in a uh, place of how God would use uh, these individuals to bless others. Stephen, Onesiphorus. We have uh, talked about people like Philemon and David and Saul as he would uh, bless Saul with the harp. Uh, You know, there are some folks you can get around that will just greatly encourage you, is there not? Now, let me not neglect the fact that there are some you can get around, and before you leave, you can be down and out. So be very cautious uh, about who uh, you're spending your leisure with or your time with. Why? Because in uh, times like these, like I preached the other week or so, We need someone who can encourage us greatly, okay? Stephen, it was said. Paul writing, I'm glad of the coming of Stephen there. Uh, He would say about Onesiphorus, The Lord give mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus. He oft refresh me. Philemon, Paul would write, We have great joy and consolation in thy love. He said, because of the bowels of the saints are being refreshed by thee, brother in the days that we are living. If you and I would simply fulfill that great place and hopefully the passion that God would give us that we might encourage somebody else along the way. Have you ever noticed how quickly Things can change in your life. I was mowing grass Friday morning. It happened to be my weekly chore this week on my day off. And first thing I'd done is got my mower stuck in the mud. And Landon would help me out with that. Then I would leave my phone in the truck and along with my mowing process, I thought, where is my phone? And I have lost it off my hip, you know, while mowing before. Luckily not mow over it. Well, anyway, long story, this particular person had been on my mind now almost all morning while I was mowing. Unbeknowing to me, I said, well, I need to go find my phone. So I went, and sure enough, it was right where I left it, right between the truck seats. And I looked at it, and someone had tried to call me. And I said, you know, hmm, that's the persons I've been thinking about. Gather. Believe me, I called that individual, and that individual on the other end of the line said my husband didn't make it. A friend, I don't know about you, that was a God moment for me. Why? Because of many things. I I, I could probably get stressed out through the week over. Uh, something somebody had said or something somebody had not done. And you know, I look back and I said, boy, why were you so stressed when other people would be facing what they're facing? I don't know about you, but the Lord sort of restored my soul in that moment to help me see through other people's eyes the restoration of the soul and the Word of God, the restoration of the soul and the people of God. And I close with this thought, the restoration of the soul and the place of God. There was a time when David was writing. It was a time in which he was troubled in spirit because of how wicked were prospering and evil were being punished. In Psalm 73 verse 16 it is said, When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me until I went to the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their need. Surely thou didst set them on slippery places, and thou casted them down into into destruction. In that same chapter, David would say, Until I went into the house of the Lord." and I saw their end. David said I had stayed troubled in my spirit. David wasn't rejoicing that someone else had lost their life. David was giving us a very contemporary illustration of what some of us might go through sometimes as we look at others or as we look around us. But God Himself would love for us to look in ourselves and see where we are and likewise where we seek to go. Could you say with me today, maybe say it in a different, maybe uh, paraphrase than, than David would say when he said, He restoreth my soul. Would we rather say, Lord, please restore my soul? Please energize me. Please, Lord, use me as a vessel in these days where we are. Folk, please understand there are many people who need a restoration. And you and I could be the agent in which God would use to bless them to find that unique place there in their lives. Would you pray with me? Lord, surely, as I stand today, reminded God of your grace, your mercy. I'm also, Lord, I'm also challenged, Lord, by the simple fact that sometimes these subtle things around us can become things within us that would allow us there to stay deeply confused rather than renewed in our spirit. Lord, challenge our lives. Restore unto us, Lord, uh, that great fellowship that we enjoy with you, as well as others, Lord, who belong to you. Bless, Lord, this time of invitation. I pray, Lord, that you'll receive the honor, the glory in every way. Now, in Jesus' name, amen. Stand together. Brother Michael, lead us in a song of invitation. Time of commitment. Maybe the Lord is challenging your heart about where you are and where you need to be as we sing.